Welcome to Daily Living. My name is Shirley, and here on Daily Living, we focus on our daily walk with Christ. I may sometimes refer to myself or others as an FOC, which means a follower of Christ. And just to break it down a little bit deeper, it simply means that I strive to live my life according to the Holy Spirit's teaching of scriptures and not by man's doctrine. So if you are a babe in Christ, or you're a Christian and you yearn to get deeper with God, or you lost your way and you want to know how to get back to Him, Or if you're not a Christian, but you're empty on the inside and nothing else that you've done has worked. Or you hear the call of God in your life and you wanna know what to do with that. What to do with that knowledge, that understanding. If that's you out there, that I want to know, I want you to know that you are in the right place. I pray that God uses me as a vessel to lead you to Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, I just want to say, pardon my voice. I am a little under the weather. But I'm so excited to go over this discussion with you. This is definitely something that has been pondering over my heart for a while. And at the beginning of the week, the Lord led me to some understanding of the scriptures. And I'm just really excited to share this information with you. As a result, this is a three-part series. The series is called The Tabernacle, The House of God. And within that series, I really want to take my time with the part one and to really walk our way into the focus which is the tabernacle, the house of God. I think with um, the first part, I really tried to stay within the book of Exodus. So if you want to follow along and you want to read that book, you can have a pretty good understanding of what was actually going on within that book itself. Part one of the series is called Into the Wilderness. 
Exodus chapter 13 verse 21 reads, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. So this story starts, our whole, this part, this whole um, series is focused on the story of the, the scenario of Moses when they left Egypt. And they've crossed the Red Sea, and now they are in the wilderness. This whole series is focused on them, on the Israelites in the wilderness. So we learn here with this verse that as they entered the wilderness, that the Lord was leading them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So every time the cloud moved, they moved. And every time the cloud stood still, they stood still. Ooh, there's a word in there. Some of us, we're not, we're not letting God lead us into our lives. We move when we think we need to move. And the Lord is saying, you move when I move. You stay still when I stay still. Do you have a pillar of cloud by day and a, and a pillar of fire at night that you follow in your life? Are you following the God, the Yahweh, the creator of the world? Or are you following your own understanding? But in here, they followed God as he moved. And when he stopped, they stopped. Now, according to Exodus 38, 26, a census was taken, which counted over 600,000 men of 20 years old and older. Now, what this helps us to understand is a projected amount of people that actually led Egypt on that fateful day. It was projected that two and a half to three million people left Egypt that day. Three, two and a half to three million people entered into the wilderness with Moses leading them and Moses being led by God. Whenever I read stories like this, I like to try to imagine what it was like, what that sight might have been like to see all of these people gathering their things and leaving. 
and leaving what they've known all their lives. This is where they were born. This is where most of them was born and died. This is all they knew. And now they were getting ready to get up and leave into the promised land, into the promise that God had gave them. Now going into the wilderness or in a desert is no fun and games. So it was unknown territory for them. So you had to walk by faith and know that God was going to provide for you to go into unknown territory. Now, when I did a little bit of digging, what I found was that when they left Egypt, they didn't really have any mules. So they carried everything they had by hand. So their houses were really small tents that they used that was made out of goat's hair that was easily folded so they can carry and move with them when God was leading them to the next location. As a matter of fact, the only person, one of the few people that had been in the wilderness had been Moses because he fled Egypt and went to Midian which was on the other side of the peninsula, which is where they spend most of their time. Now in Exodus chapter 19, verse 1 reads, On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert Sinai. The Sinai Peninsula is about 240 miles long and 120 miles wide. The lack of water plagued the region, so there was hardly any rainfalls. I read that the average amount of water was about one and a half inches per year. So it was almost impossible to cultivate the land. There was hardly any water. Although it was beautiful with red and gray granite colors on the mountains, it was really a region that consisted of three parts, high mountains, a plateau, which was 60% of it, and then the rest of it was mostly gravel. Only a fraction of 1% could have used for food, so very little to sustain the magnitude of the people that left Egypt that day. So I know what you're probably thinking. How could the Israelites survive in the desert? 
in Mount Sinai. How could they have lived? How could they have food? But we serve a mighty God. We serve a God that is all powerful. The Bible says that even though they packed food, it was gone after a little while. So what did they eat? Exodus chapter 16 verses 1 to 3 says, On the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord, by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we would sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted by you, but you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. At this point, they were upset. They were angry. They lost faith for a little while. There was no food anywhere, but just dust. The message here I want to tell you is, don't look back to Egypt. Have you ever been in a bad relationship? And after you've been single for a while, you actually look back and think, I guess it wasn't that bad. Don't make that mistake. Don't look back to Egypt. Exodus chapter 16 verse 4 reads, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. And in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So what did God do? He provided bread from heaven. So every morning that they woke up, they found these white grains all over the floor. It was called manna. And what they would do is they will take it and they will make cakes from it. And that's how they were able to eat every day. Every morning, the entire time that they were in the wilderness, the entire 40 years, God provided manna for them. Till this day, nobody knows what it was really. 
where it came from. Because nothing, seed, or anything they could have perceived it to be in the natural, the fact that it lasted for 40 years, nothing matches that description. And it goes on in Exodus 16, 11, where it reads, The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight, you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So we have a situation where God provided bread for them in the morning and in the evening he had flocks of quail come in so that they can eat meat in the evening. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Now the whole Israelites community set out from the desert of sin. They traveled from place to place as the Lord commanded. So every time the pollute of cloud will move in a day, they'll pack up their things and they'll hit the road. And every time it stopped, they stopped where they were and they settled. And every morning, they knew that their manna will be waiting for them in the morning. And at night, they'll have their quail for meat. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. In Exodus 17, verses 5 to 6 read, The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israelites and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you. By the rock at Horeb, strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So although they were in a desert that was incapable for people to live, there was no food, no mass production of food, there was no sellers that was coming in that they can trade with or buy from, they were in the middle of the desert for 40 years, impossible situation for people to live in. 
for 200 and a half to 3 million people. So can you imagine the magnitude of manna God had to create for everybody to eat and have their fill? Or the magnitude of quails that had to come in to feed everyone? Into And now for them to be thirsty, to have water come out of a rock so that they can thirst no more. Now when it came to, when they were in Rephidim, because they were out looking for water, Exodus 17 verse 8 reads that the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. This was an issue of water. But the people of God, the God we serve, Exodus 17, 10-13 reads, So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hand, the Amalekites were winning. So when Moses' hand grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up, held up his hands with one on one side and the other on the other side so that his hand remained steady till sunset. That way Joshua overcame the Amalekites army with the sword. So they had to go to war in the wilderness. They got fed. They got water. What a mighty God we serve. Because the story about the fight with the Amalekites was amazing because the Amalekites were warriors. They were warriors. They were used to fighting. The Israelites, however, were not warriors. They were slaves. Most of them were shepherds. Although some of them may have had some experience, but most of them didn't. So that was a great, that gave God the opportunity to be great. There are some situations that God will put us in that it is not because of our strength. It's not because we're so smart. It's not because of anything that we did, but it's because we have become available to him. And as a result, 
He can be made strong in us in our time of weakness. Don't ever think that if God calls you to do something, that it's because you're good at it. Sometimes he calls us to do the same thing that we know that we're not good at. But he can shine in that weakness. He can be made strong in that weakness. And when it happens, you realize that it's not by you that you did it. It's only because of God. The Israelites had no chance of surviving. The more I read about that area, the peninsula, where they walked, where they traveled, the more I understood it was only an act of God. During that time, a couple more interesting things started happening. Moses went up to the mountain to Mount Sinai to talk to God. Then he came down and instructed the people to prepare to concentrate and wash wash their clothes. And on the third day, that God will descend on the mountain in the morning. And that's because God wanted to dwell with his people. By the next morning, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke went up from it like smoke from a furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently. Now the people were so terrified When God spoke, they were terrified. They pleaded to Moses and told him, why don't you just let God talk to you and you can tell us what he said. Because the power of God scared them, brought fear into them. Shortly after that, Moses went back up and God gave him the Ten Commandments. Now, God did not give the Mosaic Law to the called out people as a way to gain spiritual life, but as a means by which they would become a peculiar treasure in a kingdom of priest. Then God communicated the rules which had to do with their social life, which covers issues like personal injury, protection of property, laws of justice and mercy, and much more. And the third was the instruction for the Israelites' worship, especially the building of the tabernacle and the clothing of the priest. 
Now this process was a long process, with Moses staying on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, as described in Exodus 24, verse 18. Now the tabernacle, the house of God, this does not mean, of course, that God ceased to be everywhere present. It signifies only that people might especially meet him there. And this was because God wanted to dwell with his people. And he wanted them to be able to come to him and be in his presence. So in the next two episodes, we're going to dive more. Now we have an understanding of what life was like in the wilderness, the things that they had to endure, the things that Moses encountered, and how they came to have the tabernacle. In the next two episodes... We're going to dive a little bit deeper into what the tabernacles, the, the key to the tabernacle, and also what it actually represents to us today. So for today, if you are out in the wilderness, Just remember, just like the Israelites were in the wilderness, an impossible situation, you serve a God that's mighty. You serve a God that can make manna come out of the sky and feed you. You serve a God that can, can bring water out of a rock, that can have meat fly into you in the evening. You serve a God that even if you're not a warrior, even if you're not a fighter, even if you look like, it looks like in the natural that you will not overcome, but you are a overcomer because of the Father, the God that you serve. You serve a God that's mighty. So if right now you feel defeated, remember the God that you served. How did he have two and a half to three million people in the desert, in the wilderness? Only our Father in heaven can do that. And that's the God that you serve. You are a child of God. He loves you. He has provision for you. If you ask him, he will give it to you. So whatever you're going through, whatever situation that you're in, just know that the Father, our Father in heaven, has provision for us. He will protect us. He will guide us. He will lead us day and night. So if you would like to be full and complete, and you want Jesus to be your Lord, the Lord of your life, and if you want to, if you are, or if you are a Christian and you have gotten lost in the world, 
and you would like to recommit yourself to Christ, why don't you say this prayer with me? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness, Lord. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that he was raised from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is alive today. I choose to follow and obey and accept your son Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I really pray that this episode and this series bless you. Until next time, beloved.